0: What is going on? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are the big dudes in the trenches, and this is another review of the week that just happened in the XFL. Bug and Doug and Tug are all here, all three all at the three same of time.
1: That's a win.
0: To start the show on time together. This is the first time this has happened forever. This is great. Since, since last Monday. Last Thursday. It, well, it's, it's been last so Thursday. Damn long. Well, I wasn't
1: here at the start of last Thursday, remember? Oh, that's fair. That's fair.
0: I had things going on. on. I do actually have a joke to start us off because I feel like this is a we need to we need to bring some positive energy to the show. This is this is a fun one. So let's let's start things off right. Uh, What do sprinters say? uh, What do sprinters eat before they race? I don't know.
1: Nothing. The dad doesn't they, know,
0: I don't They fast. <laughs> that was fucking good. That was pretty Eye-proof. fucking good.
1: I approve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's let's yeah. get into it, folks. Let's get right into it. Hey, listen, this was the, uh, the first time in, what, 40, 50 years that we had two 100-yard pro football leagues going head-to-head. It having... sounds crazy to say, but I think it's true. Yeah. yeah, the last time was in the '80s when the USFL was decided to play in the fall and go up against the NFL for some reason. Yeah, uh, and here we are, April seventeenth, talking about the most recent week that was where we had these uh, these two leagues, USFL and the XFL, going on. Now, uh, if you're of spring football, right? <laughs> If you're here from our tweet or Facebook posts or you're in our Discord and you saw me talk about how we're going to mention the USFL, it's going to be very light. Um, Currently, I'm re-watching the Philadelphia and Memphis game. I didn't get to see any USFL action this week. I did have some friends that were at the Memphis game uh, that I talked to about a couple different things that we'll talk about. That's about all the USFL coverage we're going to have this week. And simply put, the XFL is really fucking exciting right now. And I watched yeah. the first half of New Jersey Birmingham and I was like bored of it apparently it turned up in the second half but man I wanted to get back to the XFL this is too many storylines too much going on yeah, I couldn't couldn't sort and yeah. Vegas was already eliminated yeah and I was at work so I missed this one and because there was really, literally no impact to anything from this game. I didn't go back and rewatch it, but it looks like it was actually a pretty good game. Just looking at the box score and some of the other uh, highlights that I did see from this, Vegas would lose this one 21 28 in Houston, but it wasn't for lack of effort, right? They were actually up 12 to 6 at halftime, and then just a strong third quarter by the Roughnecks. They were unable to overcome it and lost by seven at the end there. They did cover or correction, they did not cover the six and a half point spread. I'm bad at math this weekend. Uh, and the over of 43 and a half hit. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was going to say they definitely did, but I'm thinking of it the wrong way. So we're both wrong. <laughs> yeah. Houston, anyway. Houston covered the spread.
2: Yeah. There you go.
0: Also it's really wild. I don't know that we've seen this yet in the XFL. Um, Houston had two defensive touchdowns. Their offense could not help them at all. San Antonio's come close a few times. I know San Antonio's defense has been the only yeah. reason they've scored a couple times. But I mean, that's, that's true, but I think those games also might like 15-9 to 9 or something. So yeah. it's... <laughs> ah. There weren't exactly barn burners. <laughs> this one felt like a close game all throughout, and the defense is the only reason Houston was even close in this game, let alone winning the game. It's kind of crazy.
1: That That's kind of what I expect out of a Wade Phillips coach defense, though. And again, we've been saying that all year. The defense is the best part of this, this Houston team by far.
0: Yeah. That is true to an extent,
1: but we really haven't yeah. seen that in the past couple of weeks. So for them
0: to turn it up like this, it is against Vegas, a team that's already been eliminated from the playoffs. Maybe take that into account as well, yeah. But this is the best the Houston defense has looked in maybe four or five weeks, at least, which is good. Like, I'm really mixed on this. There's that battery reception they were talking about. Uh, uh, I'm really mixed <laughs> on this because Vegas. It, it seems like they got hot at the right time. Unfortunately, it was too little, yeah. too little for them. Yeah. And at the same time, it looks like Houston is kind of falling apart at the seams, and there's really nothing they can do to stop this, like stop this downward trajectory. I don't,
1: I don't want to say that Houston is going to go and flop in the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not there. Well, let's look at their first round opponents, who they might be. That's going to be Arlington or San Antonio. I'm probably taking Houston in those those matchups.
0: <sighs> I would. San Antonio looked great this weekend. Right. It's tempting to just call that a a wash for Houston, but I don't know that right now. Yeah, and even... I would even say I'd be more inclined to say it about the Renegades, but then look how they played this weekend, too. Like, it's... I mean, everybody in the South has gotten better, except for Houston, it feels like. Yeah, and unfortunately... Again, too little, too late for the one of the next teams we'll be talking about. But f- before we get there, <laughs> let's look at the players of this game. Because on offense, it still has to be Jalen McLendon. This is, I believe, three straight weeks we've highlighted him as the player of the game for every game that the Vipers happen to be playing. He's <laughs> just been sensational for them. We all called it insane when they traded Luis Perez it was the right move. It right. and it was a it was a positive move for both teams, too. That's what's insane. That's what's most insane to me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he did have almost 250 yards, two touchdowns through the air, only five carries this week, 41 yards off those, though. Uh he did kind of get like a strip sack fumble yeah. happen there uh which was returned for a touchdown by our co-defensive player of the week, Devontae Beckett. Scored one of the two defensive touchdowns. Also have to call out A.J. Harris here, who... (laughs) This play is insane. Literally, a wide receiver screen caught it, like, on the line of scrimmage. Basically, one yard forward of the line of scrimmage. Harris just comes in from (laughs) off-screen, just says nope that ball's mine now takes it out of the receiver's hands just straight up and just runs into the end zone with it love that it was like the funniest thing of all time amazing play so he gets credit with not only the forced fumble but the fumble recovery and the touchdown all in the same That's play awesome. <laughs> and they were tied for second in to- total tackles as well on the team which is just as impressive to be all over the place and be in the right place, at the right time to pick up the fumble and score the points that decided this game. That's pretty incredible. It's absolutely, Harrison Beckett honestly. both deserve defensive player of the game.
1: Crazy. <laughs> so my question here, like I understand they traded Lewis Perez and that's a good move, but why did it take them so long to start Jalen McClendon? Like, this isn't the NFL. It's not like you have Aaron Rodgers and you're just gonna sit Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. You have the ability to move these guys around and see what works for you. I mean, we watched Orlando do it with what, three quarterbacks at the beginning of the season? Why they played the three this week, too. Play? Why the slow roll? That's that's really my question. Like I don't, and we'll never be inside their head. We're never gonna see what they see at practice, but So I can if, tell
0: you what my theory is, but I like ahead.
1: theories. Go ahead.
0: What were you gonna say, Bug? Before i get It's it's on. a ten week season. I mean, it's True. it's tough because you don't want to yank the plug on somebody, and we saw this. This is what I criticized Orlando for early in the year too, with what they were doing with Paxton Lynch. You don't want to pull the plug so quick that a guy can't ever really settle in. And yeah. I I would say this about pretty much anybody with all the discipline problems that they had on the field with the personal fouls and the whole, like they couldn't go three plays in a row without getting a penalty. It felt like it points this season. I don't think they should have got, they should have pulled the plug on Lynch to begin with period dot. I get why they wanted to do it. They needed to change something up. They needed to get results, but that, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Actually one I'm going to get into a little bit more in the next game, but when you look at just how short of a season this is, I mean, Orlando had one win going into last week and was still very much in the playoff line. And if they had won, they would have been this week as well. I mean...
1: It's wild. It's insane.
0: So, I think just how short the season is really... It changes the way coaches have to think. It's almost like a high school coach mentality when it comes to playing time and personnel.
1: No, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't think about it that way.
0: So, my theory is also that they started the season with probably the most established quarterback in any spring league. Luis Perez has been around these spring leagues for a while and seemed like the most legitimate option for the XFL at quarterback out of anybody in this group, even. Ben DiNucci has played a couple of games for the Dallas Cowboys. We had no idea what we were getting with him. A.J. McCarron almost got traded for a second-round pick to the Browns. That's the Browns' fault, not not (laughs) nobody else. Nobody else liked him that much. So, the Vipers had who they thought was the best quarterback in the league, and to an extent, I started the season agreeing with them. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to establish a solid run game with a traditional offense. Rod Smith fits that kind of a scheme so dang well, throwing in. McClendon, pardon the pun, at quarterback, really does completely change the way your offense works. For him to be your backup quarterback to Luis Perez is really tough because you cannot make that change on a dime like you can with another quarterback who plays Luis Perez's style. So they had to be all in, 100% convinced Perez was not their guy before they made this move in order to rebuild their offense reshape their offense around Jalen McClendon look at this past week Rod Smith only had four rushing yards this game yeah this is a completely different looking team than they were week one week two week three this is not the same kind of football it's a it's a new brand of football in Vegas which has been looking way better I think it does fit the rest of their personnel better It was hard to get off of that simply because of how great everyone assumed Luis Perez was going to be.
1: Wow. No, that's fair. That's my theory.
0: Again, we don't know. We're not inside that room. But that's that's the way I think about it. And I am shocked that it worked out as well as it has for both teams. Because, honestly, Arlington has looked a lot better with Luis Perez as well. So... (laughs) Maybe there is... maybe maybe both sides were right. <laughs> but moving on. Yeah, before we get to Arlington, we have game happen on Saturday. Another South Division game going on. And this one yeah. yet again came down to the very end. And Orlando was right there, had a chance to win it. In a game that San Antonio finally put together a full game, if I remember correctly, this was the first time the over hit in a Brahma's game. It was either the first I'm or the third. Right. and you Don't ask me why third <laughs> sticks out in my head. But it was either the first or third time that the over has hit in a Brahma's game. It was just unreal. And we finally got Well, to see if the it Brahma's has hit before, it was because the over was set at like 14. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I mean, it just, it's fine. So it's four
1: low points. points right over, under, so...
0: Yeah, I've, I haven't seen a 38-and-a-half over-under in the XFL in probably, like, probably since week two. Yeah, right. They've all seen me We didn't them. know what kind of football was going to be on display here. Right. So. <laughs> but near the end of the game, again, the Guardians flubbed a comeback. They scored a touchdown, didn't convert the extra point. No big deal. They were only down two. You could have gone for – I think they went for two on the tie. They don't get it. And what do they do? Do they go for the fourth and fifteen? Nope, they kick it. Now, in their defense, it worked for them last week. And the only reason they didn't win that game, they got the stop that they needed. They, I think, they actually had more time to get a stop against San Antonio this week. And the only reason when they got the ball back last week that they weren't able to pull it out is because Dormandy fumbled it straight to the defense, and they took it to the house. This one, it it doesn't make sense because San Antonio was running. All over them anyway. Yes. So it, it <sighs> so actually I didn't count this before, but I kinda want to count this now. One, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven offensive plays in the game were just Jack West Patrick rush up the middle for yep. like two yards. Literally yep. two yards, two yards, two yards, two yards, nineteen yards. Minus three yards. <laughs> yep. Congrats! You That's, got the stop. It was too late. Right. Exactly. That's kind of what it felt. That's like. exactly what happened. That and was exactly what happened. It it was just too late. Like just they barely got, too late. They got a third down stop, and when they took them down, there were thirty two seconds left, which is negative three on the play clock, play clock. So wow, that was yeah. a ball game there. It it's just. Disappointing. I said it early in the game, too, on Twitter. I can't imagine how good this Orlando team would have been had they not been plagued by penalties early in the season. Yeah, You figure they probably got another two wins, and they're still in the
1: playoff conversation this week, if that's the case. Yeah. You just can't beat yourself on the field is what it comes down to. I'm glad they got it figured out, but like you guys are saying, it, it it's too late.
0: And this is this is kind of where I come back to the it's only a ten week season thing. Like this is it's very tough to overcome deficits like this when you put yourself in a hole that deep that early in the season, like they did. Yep. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier though, where you said this is the promised most complete game. Mm-hmm. They I think they figured out three of the four main pieces. Forget special teams, it doesn't count. Pass offense, <laughs> really does run offense. Both great. The offense looked the best it has ever looked in the Brahma's existence. The pass defense, sensational. There was only like one passing play that got away from him and it wasn't even a touchdown. So, (laughs) it was actually KD Cannon's only catch, so he has an average of 69 yards this game. Nice. (laughs) But, They let up 133 yards to a single running back. That cannot work for you. It was Darrington, wasn't it? Yes. If (sighs) you're playing a better offense that can actually change things up and mix things up and not rely so heavily on a single facet of the game, that's going to hurt you still. And I don't know where that came from because the Brahmans really have had a fantastic defense in all areas of the game for every other time we've seen them on the field. So, this is a concern. It didn't kill them this time, but it very well could have if the Guardians weren't in their own way, like you would hope a team in the playoffs won't be. So, Darrington with 133 yards and a touchdown on the ground is a concern coming out of this for the Browns. He looked like Ahmed Smith on a few of those runs, too. I mean, it was... There was one... Or maybe it was the the long pass where the Broncos, frankly, just got lucky. They were able to run them down. It was. Yeah. There were there are some concerns with the defense that has been the highlight of the San Antonio team all season. Yeah. But enough about the game. Let's talk about a couple players in this one. Ice cream, the man we have dubbed Ice Cream. That tone deserves it. He absolutely deserves it, 302 yards, one touchdown, 25 of 31, and then two carries for six yards. I mean, the one you would like to see more than one touchdown, but they were running the ball so well. It's understandable. He yeah. played phenomenally. This was by far his most complete game, and this is what they signed up for when they drafted him. Yep. Yes, absolutely. This is his best game in a very long time. Like, oh man, I'm trying to think back to his days at Wisconsin for a game that looked I, this good from him. The way I he think this would be even better than
1: those, because even back then they were primarily a running offense. You no,
0: know, he had a couple of good ones.
1: Uh, maybe that's not entirely fair.
0: But yeah, it was more of a running offense still. Not uh, not that the Brahmas aren't either, though. Usually, Jack was Patrick usually puts together. Some pretty fantastic games. Uh they do rely on him quite a bit. I don't know, I'm stalling here. I'm trying to find a comparable game. Actually, so Wisconsin against Central Michigan in 2019. That's what this looks like. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's been a while.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's fair. And it, it it's nice <laughs> to see, like you said, the brahmas are typically a running offense. It's nice to see them cut the QB loose and show him or show them what he can do. And when he's putting up numbers like this, it makes you a multifaceted offense, which is going to be a thorn in everyone's side in the in the coming weeks if they can get some help and make the playoffs.
0: And a stand-in-the-pocket passing quarterback really works for this team where it doesn't work for the team we were just talking about, the Vipers. Yep. That It's a completely different style of football. Ice cream can't run, so he he melts when he tries to run. There it is.
1: There it is. <laughs>
0: nice. I enjoy that. But he can he can stand in the pocket, frozen on top of the cone.
1: He does it very well. Approved. I like where this is going. Continue.
0: <laughs> that, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but defensive player of the game. I did want to give it to Jordan Williams again. I know this is, again, like the third or fourth time we've given it to the same player from the same team. Jordan Williams leads the XFL in tackles. He Love is that. all over the place. There's a lot of dudes on this Brahmas defense that are deserving as well. I mean, we're talking about guys like DeLante Scott, Michael Scott. I mean, these this defense is full of absolute dogs out there. You have Michael Scott, you have Prison Mike, you have, I mean... (laughs) Dirty Mike and the Boys. Dirty Mike and the Boys. (laughs) This, This defense is usually very good. For some reason, they weren't that good against the run this week. Even with that, another thing that was crazy to me, actually reviewing the stats for this game, something that you know you can feel when you're watching the game too but actually checking the stats and confirming this you don't have that many solo tackles across the entire defense it we is love- multiple players getting hats on the ball every fucking play
1: it's pretty outstanding i i love seeing 11 hats on the football on defense that that is one of the greatest things you can see
0: so i do you believe Jordan Williams led the team in solo tackles with three and he has 11? Nice, doubles, so. <laughs>
1: nice. It's just,
0: yes, there are multiple players on the promise who are worthy of a shout out here, but you know, I think, I think Jordan Williams is making a very strong push to be the defensive player of the year in this league. I don't know of another defensive player who has put up this consistent of great performances every week like we've had better flashes but as far as every single week in and out just being one of the best in the league this is is who this guy
1: is consistency is key especially at this level so the fact that he's getting in there doing it week in week out stands out over the flashes that you're talking about
0: I do agree Moving on to the games on Sunday, though. This one also had playoff implications. Now, with San Antonio winning, their hopes were still alive. Going into Sunday, Arlington would have to lose to keep San Antonio's hopes alive. And they did just that, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Now, there's two things to look at here. And the first is, man, what has happened to D.C.? They cannot finish anybody off. And that is just straight facts. They've had issues with it pretty much since they lost to Orlando. They've just been showing chinks in the armor. So I don't know if it was that Orlando cracked the code on them or if there's maybe just some confidence issues here. This was in front of a sold-out crowd at Audi Field, and Arlington, of all teams, took them to overtime. But I really don't think either of those is true. I almost feel like D.C. is coasting
1: Yep, to an extent. They well, they already
0: clinched home field advantage in the playoffs. They clinched it with this win. Yeah, they uh, took they they. they did. Thought, well, well, they clinched, clinched it with this the win or but they didn't yeah. clinch. Yeah, yeah okay. they clinched, they clinched the enough. home field with this win. But Fair I, I'll also say, hats off mm-hmm. to Arlington. Right, they did the things they had to do. They got the touchdown. Yeah. They got the two-point conversion. That put it within three. And that meant when they went and for they the, fourth 15, to the fourth and fifteen.
1: All they had to three do was
0: points. get in field goal range. Now, yeah. there was a little bit of a, you know, a heart stopping moment uh when DC was returning the ball. I said, Man, he makes the right cut here. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Arlington did all this stuff. Well <laughs> then we go into overtime. And like we've done the past couple or for the other overtime games, and we'll break down every possession here. Arlington, bad, 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 good, bad. Yep. And it was a high pass to Sal Canella that had no shot of being caught. To Alu throwing into triple coverage, and if that pass yep. would have gotten picked off, that oh, would have been two points the back. other way. And that Canella. Oh man, yeah. How brutal would that have been? Canella then catching see. the ball, but then having it punched out of his hands in yep. midair—no oh. good.
2: And Which is also to look- crazy
0: to me how Sal Canella is like the only receiving threat Arlington has, it feels like, and he is a tight end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's not normal. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and then DC doing the little things right at the end of the game, just a simple stick out route, you know, just getting inside yeah. the end zone enough. Tomu hits Hammond. That's good for the two points. And then Press throws it in the double coverage and the linebacker drifts from underneath and just swats that ball away like he's spiking it in a beach volleyball game. I got to say, it is very confusing to me. When DC runs stick out, they get two points. And when I run stick out, I get arrested for indecent exposure.
1: God <laughs> damn it, Doug. <laughs>
0: that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful.
1: <laughs> I wasn't ready. I don't know why I wasn't ready, but I wasn't ready for that.
0: Also <laughs> worth pointing thing. out. Also worth pointing out, aside from the 11 points that Arlington scored at the end of the game, they scored another six putting their total at 17 in the fourth quarter. They 17-point fourth quarter, and they shut out D.C. for
1: that entire quarter as well. It's a massive fourth quarter. Well, they basically
0: held on to the ball the entire fourth quarter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it, too. It was insane. I could not believe they came back. And then overtime was just so bad for both sides. <laughs> it was... This was probably the most depressing overtime of all because it wasn't even—it wasn't even like it was good defensive plays. Half of it was the teams beating themselves, and that's kind of depressing to see. Yeah, but I mean, Tomu was trying to force a pass in there. That's just a poor decision. Wasn't bad, you know. The play calls weren't bad. Honestly, reminded me of the Illinois Penn State overtime, like seven overtime game where they just refused to get into the end zone.
2: Nobody would score. I remember that. (laughs) You
0: know what? I would rather just not do that. Get in the end zone—that's for scrubs, dude. Scoring's (laughs) overrated. (laughs) You know who's not overrated? Jordan. Ta'am. that that hair from Colin Schooler is not overrated. That's that's, that's fantastic. Noah's so underrated. I cannot find a fucking picture of him in the XFL. What are we doing, people? Not anyway, uh, taking
1: pictures on the field.
0: We'll start with Jordan Tamu because he's offense. Uh,
1: yeah, there's not,
0: gr- not too many individual great performances on the offensive side of the ball. It almost goes to Tamu by default here simply because of, first of all, yes, the best combination of stats and he spread the ball around so much couldn't give it to a receiver really. And, and- he made the plays when he they absolutely needed him to, including that final overtime appearance, where if if that didn't go in, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're doing. And Tamu made it work. So you do have to give him some credit here, though it does feel like more of a default pick than truly an outstanding performance. I don't know anybody who did better than him in this game on offense, but around the league, this is not the player of the week. And that's no. fair. No, he just he happened to get it purely by happenstance. And I mean, the other thing you got to look at too, are, again, credit to Arlington, they're able to rein in this rushing attack. I mean, they this... held Abram Smith to 27 yards. 50 right. total rushing yards on the entire team.
1: That's pretty good.
0: I bet St. Louis, assuming they can find a way into the playoffs, we'll find out. I have no idea. Uh, we'll probably be watching film on this game to figure out how to stop Abram Smith. Well, they could not do it last time. <laughs> and I've got <laughs> I've got some thoughts on St. Louis too, so let's move well, straight Well, let's go this. back a second. I didn't get to talk about Colin schooler yet. I I, I typed all, on, all this man. stuff in and I was like, Oh, yeah, we we, talk, we definitely talked about him. We talked about his hair. We talked about his hair. That's it. We don't even know what team he played for because this is a Texas Tech uniform. Come on. Reporters suck with taking good pictures of defensive players. I mean, come on. But he plays for Arlington, and I chose him as the player of the game on defense because, I mean, that that interception was huge. And the fact that he was just, it felt like he was all over the field. He does not wear number 17 anymore. This is a collegiate photo. I could find pictures of him at Arizona and Texas Tech when he transferred. And I could only find like two pictures of his back in completely different games than this one. Nothing this week. But honestly, six tackles, two of them behind the line of scrimmage, and an interception. This guy was a real disruptor this week. More than basically anybody else. And, you know, you'd think that I would want to give a defensive player of the game to the team who won and the team who stopped the other team four times in overtime. Uh, it was truly a team effort. There was not an individual standout to me. I don't know if you guys disagree. But I think Colin Schooler for Arlington had the best individual defensive player game. Well, and I'll, I'll say this too. Early in the game, it was very clear and apparent to me that D.C. is still, the, the, regardless of the loss to Orlando, the best team in the league, and Arlington is, Arlington is light years behind. So, yeah. I, again, I this is where we get back to this conversation of what the hell happened, especially in that fourth quarter that Arlington was able to get all the way back in this one because when DC wants to play, when DC cares, it's not even a fair competition Miami out course. there. I I think I agree. <laughs> but we need to see DC start caring again. Yes, and pit. that's what's... We'll get there. We'll get to next yeah. week's games. That's, it's going to make oh. next week
1: very fucking interesting. Oh, yeah. The I playoffs... Before we get going with this, I will say when we get to it, I have pulled up the tiebreakers for Seattle St. Louis, and my God, this gets interesting. Like just on the tiebreaking scenarios. Especially so, with that last second field goal. Yeah.
0: Uh I let's talk about this game first. All right. Yep. Okay. Seattle yep. versus St. Louis. At halftime, it was twelve nine. It was a good game. Good game. game. Looking like it's going to go well. St. Louis would score a field goal in the third quarter and then not again for the rest of the game. Seattle wins this one 30-12. Now, last week I saw a graphic that said if St. Louis wins two of their next game, like if they win two of the last three games they're in. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the tie-breaking scenario is. We can get to that here in a little
1: bit. I have it for you. I will read it out to you, especially if they both win is where it gets interesting.
0: I'm sure. Obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, they're both if sitting at six both, and three. You know, I guess if, if they both lost, was, it'd be interesting too. But.
1: So, the reason that's important is the point differential in this game because that actually factors in. Uh, oh, it has to. Uh, it yeah. 100% does.
0: Okay. Anyway, so again, back to this game real quick it is 30 to 12. St. Louis was not out of it until about five minutes in the fourth quarter, though, left yep. in the fourth quarter. This is a two-possession game. In the XFL, 18 points is two possessions. possessions. They have done it before, where they score late, and they score quickly late. I truly believe St. Louis was going to come back at some point. As, well, you know, and thats shut them down. That's the other thing. They did. They almost had it. Danucci throws a pick in the end zone. Now why St. Louis decided to run this out. They only got to the 10-yard line. So they're starting field position, they're backed up. And why did de- if you ju- if you take a knee there, you go out to the 20. Why they decided to run it out, I don't know. And I don't I don't want to say that that's what caused all the problems. It didn't help, certainly. But then on the ensuing play, yeah. Agent McCarron hits his receiver Darius Shepherd across the middle, and the ball goes flying out of his hands, straight up in the air, and is picked off. I don't want to hit him. Anymore. Hit him in the worst place possible. The hands. The hands. If you've if you've heard me complain <laughs> about the Battle Hawks offense, it has been the inability for their receivers oh, to catch balls with their hands. It All is. Of them. Un fucking believable. And then Ben DiNucci had an absolute man run. I thought he killed the fucking defender, by the way, (laughs) because he runs in, trucks the safety was kind of coming out a weird angle. So he caught him with his shoulder against his ear. It was very awkward. And by no means was he trying to hurt him, it, but the guy just didn't move. I was like, he's either knocked out, dead, or concussed really bad and just doesn't like doesn't want to move. Or he's fucking embarrassed. That was probably part of it, too. I, yeah. Yeah. He got <laughs> destroyed by Ben DiNucci. And then coming out for the two-point conversion, Ben DiNucci waved at the fans saying, bye-bye, it's over, we got this. Ooh. It was a man's touchdown. And it was Ben DiNucci is going to win MVP of this league, I have a feeling. And that will probably be a highlight that they show when they're giving him the award. Did you hear the quote when he was walking into the locker room at halftime? Uh-uh. He <laughs> shouted out to the fans, Y'all paid all this money to watch your team suck.
2: <laughs> God, and that's
0: That's what another igniter. thing. This was, this was the worst attendance for a St. Louis game all season. With this much on the fucking line. Is this a rivalry in the making? I mean, St. Louis and Seattle being a rivalry would be fucking weird. But, I mean, St. Louis and D.C. being a rivalry is fucking weird, too.
1: I mean, geographically, Seattle and literally anybody else in this league would be Literally anybody
0: in the north being a rival with anybody else in the
1: north geographically doesn't make sense. Because Vegas should be in the south and half these teams should be in the south.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would make more sense to do east west. I can the yeah, these are divided. Yeah. North south doesn't exactly work. But it's you know, Texas uh, and Florida versus the rest of the other you know, the rest of the yeah, league. Yeah. One other thing that I've noticed too, and this is this was frustrating, you know, watching uh watching Smith just destroy everybody or destroy Saint Louis when we went to the game. But I noticed it this week as well. If you get past that second level in the middle of the field, you just have to outrun the secondary. Nobody is covering the middle of that field. I have no clue what they're doing out there, but it's the same way on passes. If there is a deep pass over the middle, you're probably going to complete it. And I am surprised we didn't see more of that from Seattle this week. I mean, We saw a bunch of it with Gore Pearson. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute too. The bug is still it's still common. The final yeah. score here was thirty to twelve with Seattle covering three. They were a three and a half point underdog coming into this one. The under hits at forty six. And oh, by the way, going back a little bit, the Browns covered a two point spread, literally two. I, so with this betting, apparently they give it to them instead of just being say a push.
1: That should be a push. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
0: I I don't... Granted, this is what the announcers have been saying, and as much as they talk about it, I hope they're right.
1: I kind of don't believe them, because you know how pissed the under guys would be? Or the guys who bet the spread? That would raise a lot of issues. That should be a push. Which is also why you should be doing half-point spreads.
0: Yeah, and then... uh... Arlington covered the spread. They were ten point underdogs, and the overhit in that one as well. It was at forty three, which again, I, I don't get why we're not getting half all points right. here. But yeah, I'm not a right. betting expert, and uh, I can't even <laughs> I can't even bet in my state. This is dumb. I don't even play a betting expert on TV. I am so <laughs> unqualified. <laughs> Let's go to our players of the game. As mentioned, Ben DiNucci. He's probably won an MVP of the league this year, and yeah. For good reason, yeah. Amazingly, surprisingly, not the leading rusher on this team for the first time in a while. <laughs> Only 38 yards for him. TJ Hammond's had 59. Ooh, <laughs> but uh, now Ben DiNucci is has looked very good in this league that honestly. Like one bad throw, yeah. That one that almost cost them the game,
1: right? The, the issue this could pose for Seattle is how long does he stay down in the XFL? You know, it's going to get midseason. Quarterback's going to go down, and some teams going to need a a backup quarterback, and they're going to come knocking.
0: Well, with the way the league
1: is set up, I don't
0: think that. Matters. I think AJ McCarron is going to be able to go back to being a bench depth guy for the Bengals. I think is who he was with last. I don't know if that's who he's still with. Luis Perez a a while ago. I don't think it was most recently. Luis Perez will likely be a depth guy on some team in the league. The XFL is the one that has the The uh, NFL alumni agreement with the with the NFL. So and. They put their season in a strategic place where the season can be over, the playoffs are over, and guys can report to camp in the NFL if that's they get true. called. Yeah, so that's
1: fair. That's fair.
0: It it could go either way. Everybody's seen Ben DiNucci in the NFL though, so I
1: right. I'm he wasn't Terrible. He wasn't. No, good. he wasn't.
0: Dak Prescott's not good. So I mean. Not disagreeing. <laughs> so defensive player of the game is uh Bryce Thompson did have the interception on McCarron. Uh a little bit of you know a little bit of right place, right time on on that play. But that was actually the second interception I was just talking about with the Bryce Thompson had the first one. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm confusing myself. Let's start over. Bryce Thompson got a legitimate reception on AJ McCarron in like Good. I don't know it was like the first quarter. I mean, kind of a kind of a momentum swing though, when it felt like St. Louis was still able to move the ball, and I do think that had a pretty big impact on the Battle Hawks. Also, did lead the team in tackles as a corner which is usually a problem for your team, but i they won, so good for him. Also, two tackles for loss as a corner. That's crazy. Love so, that. Pretty cool. Yeah. And once again, there are no pictures of this man other than, like, I don't know, this one, there's one other of him that I can find across the entire fucking internet. So it's not the right game. But Close it's the right enough, player. I guess. It is the right player, and you can kind of see his face, I guess. It's mostly obscured by a gin strap, but whatever. <laughs> Better than nothing.
1: <laughs> but let's get into...
0: No. You got uh, uh, Yeah, I, I, I was going to call out Quinterio Cole. Like, I remember him having a... He had a good game. I remember him having a better game than the stats show that he had. I think just because he did get that other interception. Yeah, Bryce Thompson's interception was more like real it was was Yeah, yeah. And I do think both interceptions had a real impact on the game. I don't think that having it in the fourth quarter is like a differentiator. They they were both very important to Absolutely. the outcome of this. Absolutely. Now, let's move on to our pick'em. I want to caveat this with I completely forgot to put my picks in until Sunday, before the Sunday games, and I got one of four correct. I mean, just I originally I got the notification that said I got zero points, and I was like, I hate everything because I got every <laughs> all four of them wrong. No, I am legitimate, legitimately glad that you missed half of this week because you would have gotten four out of those other four correct. and You would have bet all your points on those first four, put your parlay as those first four, and you'd be ahead by 3,000. That's how this fucking works, man. I'm terrified of you coming up and winning this. If I hit the parlay this week, y'all, I win. I mean, that's how it is. Yes. 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 Oh, I hate it so much. I have to do so good this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was my best week in a long time. Um, I am surprised honestly, but <laughs> that's how this goes.
2: We're all over the place. Doug <laughs> is sitting at
0: twenty two fifty with four eighty this week. Tug is sitting at seventeen eighty with one ninety this week, and then I'm sitting. All alone at the bottom, 12, 30, and 70 points this week, like I already mentioned. Let's, uh, let's move on to more fun things to talk about, shall we? It's the XFL... Well, actually, I do want to call out, you know, that was a pretty fantastic year, 1780, for the history major himself. Pretty sweet. I mean, I did some, right. some really good Revolutionary War stuff happened. Whole bunch of battles. Um, I don't know if we won any of them. This wasn't like a. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be here if we had. <laughs> That's true. We had, to well, be we had a team time and watching we cricket.
1: Would... I was gonna say we would be. We'd just be talking about soccer.
0: Big dudes on the pitch. Oh. No, it'd still be football.
1: <laughs> Ooh, fuck that. Yeah, but we need <laughs> to make the, the, the distinction.
0: Thank goodness, it'd be the dumb football. Uh so. The weekly bug. Now we're not calling out Quentin Normandy. He played better this week than he did last week, so this is not... no better visual representation of the Orlando Guardians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think if we put their coach up here, some people would get it, others wouldn't. So it's it's just the Orlando Guardians play calling. Once again, they're at the end of the game, and we, we kind of touched on this already, but it goes a little bit deeper than this, right? Last week. Not only did they not go for the tie, they didn't try to go for three because I mean, you get it, you're tied, you don't get it, you're still down three points. You can tie it with a field goal. Uh, and this time they went for two and failed. I mean, that's better. At least they went for the tie, they could have gone for three. And you know, again, same thing, you're in this is this is one of those things where it's like you're down two. Why not go for three? They're not good at the extra point anywhere. They're most successful from one point. Go for three. Try and go for the win. Force San Antonio to have to put the pressure on them. But they don't do that. And then to make matters worse, they don't go for the fourth and fifteen. They kind of mailed in for a second week in a row. And it's just mind boggling to me. Now I can didn't this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, this is kind of the second layer of why this team is bad, but you could never have fucking figured this out because they were so fucking undisciplined to start the year. It was yep. atrocious. Yep. It's just it's sad too because we are starting to see just how talented this team really is. Yep. And we've we've been robbed of it. Uh, the ugly. We have a picture here, but I'm gonna talk about the other thing that I have listed in the ugly that we don't really have a picture for. And that's just lazy tackling. I saw this most notably in the Battlehawks game, but I also saw it in every game this week where it would just be a lazy attempt to wrap up the ball carrier. And the next thing you know, they're falling down. They're on the ground and guys running free, getting extra free yards. And then guys are trying to just shoulder check him down. They're like, "If, if he couldn't wrap him up, Because he left his feet to try and wrap him up. What makes you think that a shoulder check is going to get him to the ground? And it's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting to watch. And it it led to a lot of points being scored. It's, it's, It's gross. The next thing, and this one has me pretty hot. All right. The XFL jerseys. The replica game jerseys, first of all, came out the after the games last week, before the games this week. They came about midweek. If you can't see the price in this picture, it's $189.99. To make matters worse, they only have the option of the 23 blank jersey, so no name on it, just the you know the XFL23. Or a fifty-four as we have here with D Johnson for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Those are your only two options. Only for the home team. Or only you know, only the home jerseys. That's it. And you have it's the same thing for every single team. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous. For reference, the USFL, which by the way, if we did a if we were gonna do a bug for the USFL this week, I would probably just kick it off by saying USFL merch is pretty fucking awful. Because it's not great, it's not the worst out there, but when you compare it to the XFL, it is bad. It's bad compared to the XFL, except for the jersey price points. For an adult replica jersey for the USFL, and their only option is the twenty-three. Makes sense. It's it's kind of what these leagues have done in the past. Nine eighty-nine ninety-nine, twenty bucks or ninety bucks. Sorry, twenty bucks would be awesome, though, right? Right. Hey, Tug, do you still have it up? How much is an NFL replica jersey right now?
1: The NFL replica jersey, I think Doug said you could get a... um, You can get a
0: standard jersey for
1: $130. Now, to make it even worse, you can get the full custom jerseys for... $170. Yeah, $170. And a fact that you
0: guys are leaving out, and that I left out as well, is that the NFL jerseys will have the Nike logo on. It'll be official Nike apparel. I will caveat this with the Battle Hawks hat that I bought, that I have, does not look identical to the pictures online, and I say that because if you look at the pictures of the jerseys for the XFL online, you will not see an Under Armour logo, nor, as you can see very plainly in this picture, you will not see the Brahma Bull logo of the rock above the player name on the back of this jersey. like. All the jerseys in the league have. So not only are you charging more than your competitor, your direct competitor right now, the USFL, you're charging more than the NFL, and you might not even have an official, licensed product by the company that makes all your team's gear. I mean, what? It, it is unbelievable that this is what we're dealing with right now. And to make matters worse, unless you're going to pay 20 bucks for shipping, you're not getting this thing before the end of the season. There's no, if you, if you're watching live on Monday and you bought one today with standard shipping, there's a chance. Maybe, maybe you get it on Saturday. If you, if you're just lucky with standard shipping, if you're, if you're listening to this later on Wednesday, or you're watching on YouTube zero chance you're getting this before the regular season's over yeah without paying will, for two day
1: I will say people may be wondering like why can't I get player jerseys and the answer is because of their agreement with the players to keep expenditures lower they're all paid a standard salary they're not going to get they don't want to pay for the name image likeness that makes sense to me. The issue I have is you're not allowing any customization. If you put it out there like, hey, dude, here's a blank jersey. You can pick your number, pick your name. You're good to go. I'm okay with that. That yep. gives me the option now. Giving me 23 and 54. Look, man, Dwayne, you haven't played in the XFL. You've never played in the XFL. Just stop, man. I I love The Rock, but but not Dwayne Johnson. There's a difference.
0: I would rather it said The Rock on the back, honestly. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm saying, yeah.
0: this is also in 1780 the woodford reserve distillery opened in kentucky we're back to
1: the 1780
0: (laughs) what a great year (laughs) for the good for the good we're talking about the playoff push yet again and it's why we are focusing so much on the XFL. We will be next week as well. And the USFL is going to get neglected in week two. That's just how it is. I got to pull this away for a second because I'm going to get over to the schedule. Because it's very applicable here and we, I just want to get straight into it. We'll, we'll come back to your power rankings here in a minute, Doug. This week we had a game that literally did not matter. Right? It just, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And thank you, XFL, for giving it to us two weeks in a row. Yeah. Wait. Wait. You didn't. These weren't updated. Nope. Nope. This is Saturday, April 15. Good, sir. That is quite the wrong schedule. (laughs) It's all good. Hold on one second. <laughs>
1: While we're doing that, I'm going to read through the two-team tiebreakers, because that's what's going to matter yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, so, from first priority to eighth priority, because they have eight priorities on this. Head-to-head. Best win-loss percentage in division games. Strength of victory in all games. Uh, combined record of all your opponents. uh Best ranking among division teams in points scored and points allowed. In other words, in-division point differential.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Best combined ranking among all teams in point differential. Best net points in all games. Best net touchdowns in all games. And then a coin toss. Because what is a football league if we don't have a tiebreaker? That could be decided by a coin toss. If
0: it gets all the way down to that, at that point, (laughs) we need to just do the fucking coin toss. Yeah, um, unless you're going to add an extra playoff game just between those two as a play in to a playoff.
1: All right, Ben, What? which games are first? Are we going to deal with uh, St. Louis, Seattle, or are we going to deal with San Antonio and the Renegades? Who do you want to deal with first?
0: So, the first game it, it, all these games matter, every single yep. one of these games matter. Yep. Because there are playoff implications in every single one of these. St. Louis wins, they potentially get into the playoffs. They lose, they're gonna it, it's pretty much over if they lose. So here's
1: it yeah, if they lose actually if both Seattle and St. Louis lose, Saint Louis is in. Because that would be another division loss putting the Sea Dragons at two and four in the division, Saint Louis would be in three and three. So That's both true, lose. St. Louis, Saint
0: game Louis is, is, against is in the South. Yep. Yep. Scheduling now, helps the Battlehawks if
1: they both lose. And if one Saint wins, Louis one loses. Yeah. If one wins, one loses. The winner goes. Obviously, in. the winner. Right. Yeah. Right. Now the real fun one is St. Louis needs to score 19 more points than St. Uh, Seattle scores against <laughs> Vegas if they both win. So remember Ooh. when I said that 18 point differential was key into this game last week? It would have been a one point differential. You need to score one more point. You need to score almost mm. three touchdowns more than Seattle this week. Granted, it's against the Guardians, but St. Louis yeah. also drew the Vipers. This can go either direction. Like this is, yeah. I yeah, I don't they're... know who to put money on for for who I'd rather get. It, it really looks fifty fifty at this point to me.
0: And the problem is, too, they're both playing teams that could just get super fucking hot and pull the victory out. These are not easy games for either of these teams by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's still professional football. I'll throw out here, I think the team with playoff hopes that has the easiest game this week is Arlington hosting Houston. Like we talked about, it seems like even though Houston was able to win this week, this past week that they have just been on a downward trend lately and not one that they necessarily want to be on. And they have to go to Arlington. Well, I guess nobody's really traveling. This is where the league's you know, centered at, right? But they have to go to Arlington to play this one, and maybe the Renegades fans will show out and surprise us all and help propel them to a the win. Now, if Arlington wins, they're in. However, if San Antonio pulls out the upset against D.C. in San Antonio, which would be the second home win for the Brahmas this year, this was their first home win this past weekend. But if they're able to pull this out, it will all come down to the Renegades game. If, they, if the Renegades win, they're in, regardless of what happened on Saturday. If San Antonio wins and Arlington loses, the Brahmins are in, and they will travel to Houston in two weeks.
1: Not that quite clean cut.
0: It definitely is.
1: I'm I'm looking at the actual it full-time It definitely is. Alright.
0: That is literally what they talked about all weekend.
1: Like I said, I'm just looking at the XFL news up with the actual clinching scenarios. Now, it's not as complicated as the other one. As St. Louis and Uh, Seattle. Let's see. Oh, come on. Why don't you show me division records on here? Why is the website so bad? (laughs) Yeah.
0: What are you looking for, Bug? Just vibing
1: up there? (laughs) He's He's counting the schedule.
0: I mean, it looks pretty clean cut to me. Arlington only beat San Antonio by two and San Antonio beat Arlington by uh, six. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, but that, at some point...
1: it That uh, doesn't go into the, a couple levels.
0: Yeah, that doesn't get, get that to the tower.
1: head-to-head because they, they split the season series, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So head-to-head's no factor now. It comes back down to the who can score more points against their opponent. I which just don't have the actual probably favor
0: Arlington, let's be real.
1: Because again, this gets interesting because Arlington know, is playing Arlington hasn't or been good
0: at offense either.
1: Sa- Sorry, San Antonio is playing cross division, which makes this interesting. This is where I almost yeah. wish the XFL did something like the NFL does where the first and last week are division games for everybody. It doesn't quite work that way in the NFL, but generally speaking, they most of the games are. But division record, the renegades are sitting at three and three. The Brahmas are sitting or three and two, I'm sorry for the Renegades. The Brahmas are currently sitting at three and three. So if the Renegades lose, that puts them at four and six. Brahmas win, that puts them at four and six. So we're starting to get into point differentials, which is Yeah. Which does yeah, favor the Broncos at this point?
0: I understand where you're coming from, Bug. Like San Antonio won the game that they won by more than Arlington won the game that they won against each other. I'm just saying. But I don't think that this actually is, is a tiebreaker. This is legitimately what they were showing as the graphic on the fucking games last
1: this past I weekend, know. bro. The way but. they have their their tiebreakers like labeled with no descriptions makes them confusing as hell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I would not be like...
1: surprised if the announcers didn't really know.
0: I mean, if the announcers didn't know was one thing, but for the graphics <laughs> department to not fucking know either is pretty embarrassing. I wouldn't put it past the league at this point for most people not to know. I think the only person who legitimately knows that right now is Dean Blandino.
1: Holy crap. <laughs> hey, things I, things I didn't realize. The Renegades have the least points for in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, which is impressive because the the Brahmas fucking suck at offense and scoring points too. But again, if four point difference there, yeah. (laughs) So again, if the Brahmas win, then they will have, and Arlington loses, they will have a better point differential because they already have the better point differential. So it is as easy as if the Brahmas win, they're fucking in. Jesus fucking Christ! Moving on (laughs) to the power rankings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love this show uh, <laughs> oh, oh man So I, we do have a couple of change ups here Obviously at the top It's going to be a little bit different than the last time Because uh, last time was the Boston Bruins And fuck the Boston Bruins I hate them So I'm not going to put them up at number one Two weeks in a row I am however going to put the Tampa Bay Rays at number one <laughs> uh they did start 12 and 0 uh might have been 13 and 0 i think it was 12 and 0 it was 13 14 okay. would have been the record uh they are 14 and 3 now uh lost 3 of the last 4 sounds but, like Houston. but still pretty damn good and i'm looking at the the point differential for them, the them. Point differential. The run differential. This is baseball. Uh, we we're just talking point differential for XML playoffs. Give me a break. Uh, the run no. differential is very high. It's a plus 65 after 17 games now, including today's game, which they did lose today's game, by the way, but still <laughs> plus 65 runs uh, differential on Jeez. average. Their games this season are like seven to three. Rays that's scary, that's wild. Yes, um, also scary is the fact I basically don't know anybody on the Tampa Bay Rays, so <laughs> it was only 12. My mistake, okay. Uh, anyway, number two. I do want to change things up, like I said. I'm actually gonna this is gonna be controversial here. I'm putting the Seattle Sea Dragons at number two here, ahead of any other XFL team, because of just how impressed I was with this win at St. Louis. I did not expect Seattle to win this game, let alone win it by two whole positions, by eighteen points here. This is very impressive. They're making a statement. And if St. Louis can come back and dominate next week, hats off to them. I will be just as impressed as I am this week with Seattle. But right now, I got to give the spotlight to the Sea Dragons. This was, I am they, I am They in deserve awe. it. They absolutely deserve it. But I am going to keep D.C. pretty close to the top here. We'll put them in at number three. I mean, they did win. It wasn't pretty, but they are for sure going to be the home team in the playoffs now. Like, D.C. has a couple of issues, but I really do think once they put it all together and play a complete game. They and we know unbeatable. they can. So, right, we've seen it a couple of times already this year, and they were unbeatable. So, it's... They are still until, a very good team. Until they played Orlando. They played a pretty fucking complete game in that one. And Orlando just said, nope, we we want to win one this year. <sighs> I know. Just one so crazy. So crazy. I do want to keep St. Louis near the top. I still do believe them to be one of the best teams in this league, even though they did just drop by 18 points to Seattle. Again, wild. That's why Seattle jumped a couple of spots here. Uh Still props to St. Louis. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs. I still believe they, I personally believe they will make it. Uh, But I, again, I don't know that for sure. Uh, I I kind of am betting on Vegas pulling off the upset and for St. Louis to find a a way to win against Orlando. I I would not be surprised if we saw at least two, if not three upsets this week, honestly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That would be very fun. I know you keep saying that Houston's on the decline and they keep sliding. They didn't win. I mean, they don't look awful. Uh, I, I am beating them. them. I'm beating them up a little more than they deserve. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that 100. percent So I throw them. I throw Houston in behind the three teams in the north. That's yes. I do wish we would have Seattle, St. Louis, and D.C. all in the playoffs instead of only two of those guys. Yeah, but. Uh, no, Houston Houston is the best team in the South by far. And yeah, they they have their own issues. Brandon Silvers isn't the answer, but I don't think anybody really expected Brandon Silvers to be the answer. So this, is, okay. this is the problem with Brandon <laughs> Silvers, is he's he's a fine quarterback and I would not mind him as a backup. Yeah. He is not built for in a the full XFL. season. I wouldn't mind him as a backup in the XFL. That's, that's he's he's I'm not built for a full overs. season. <laughs> oh, I'll say this too before we continue on: if the playoffs were Seattle, DC, St. Louis, and Houston, I think everybody would be happy. Yeah, and everybody loves an underdog story, so I don't think people are going to complain too much. You know, no matter who we get, Arlington, Arlington is going to look like they fall into the playoffs rather than earn it. Whereas yeah. San Antonio is absolutely going to earn it. But the thing about it, too, is I only know of one league where they don't have even representation in the playoffs, and it's indoor lacrosse, the NLL. And they do something fucking weird. I'm not saying the XFL should, but, man, it feels like they should because the talent disparity is that large. It feels like this is definitely the top four, and there is definitely a bottom four. I don't care what you want your playoff scenarios to look like and have your divisions and whatnot. Give me the best four teams in the playoffs, please. It is depressing Uh, that one of these teams is going to be on the outside looking in. Yep. But that does take us to that bottom four, which for me does still start with Vegas. I really love this team and the way they've been playing the past couple of weeks. I know they lost again. They only have two wins on the season. They lost by a touchdown to the Houston Roughnecks, who needed two defensive touchdowns in order to win this game. One thing you can always say about turnovers turnovers are a lot more luck than skill in football. Let's be real. The fact that they got two defensive touchdowns in this game off of two fumble sixes, uh, I don't even know if you can call the one a fumble six. It was like a Scoop Never score. touched the ground. It was a uh, rip it out of the guy's hand and just. This is mine now. Beast and feast your way into the end zone. Uh, that That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the way Vegas plays with Jalen McClendon. I want to keep them at the top of the bottom four here. But of course, we do have to give some props to the team that's probably going to be in the playoffs out of this group in Arlington. Uh, they are playing a lot better than they used to. Good. And the next team in the power rankings is... (laughs) Also playing a lot better better than they used to. (laughs) Yes. Also definitely playing better than they used to. I truly, right now, cannot decide if I like Arlington or San Antonio better. I have Arlington ahead right now. Because I had them ahead last week. That's literally the
1: only reason. It really depends on the week for both of these teams.
0: That's true. That's true. This week looked pretty good for both of them. I know Arlington lost in overtime. But, man, that's the best team in the league. According to record, at least. So, you know, got to give Arlington some props. And, unfortunately, Orlando is coming in at number nine here. I will say, that is an improvement. They're not number 10 this week out of 8, uh, but they are number 9 <laughs> out of 8. And, <laughs> and uh, they just cannot stop themselves from fucking themselves in their own asses. That's, that's the only That is they That is... All they had to do was win. If they would have won out, could you imagine? How easy would it be to love this fucking team, man? I know. And they've had every they've had opportunities in these past two games and have not fucking gotten the job done. And it is pathetic. I hate it for them. I really do.
1: Damn. I'm just I'm still shocked at comment.
0: That does mean there is somebody I think is worse than the Orlando Guardians, though. Uh, I do want to give them some credit. I do firmly believe the Orlando Guardians <laughs> would beat the Oakland Athletics in a game of football. I think they'd beat them in a game of baseball, too. No, let be fucking say, real. Beat in
1: baseball. I would also that argue weird.
0: that I think Orlando has better home attendance than the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> it's fucking close. Did, did you see? This is the reason I want to put the A's up here, and the reason I also put the Rays up here because hey, we're going to keep the Major League Baseball team. But, uh, The Oakland Athletics fan base has started to gather support for a reverse boycott where they're going to sell out a whole bunch of games in a row here to prove that it's not the fans' problem. Like, it's not a problem with the fan base. There are A's fans in the area, but the owners just refuse to do anything to support this team, and the fans are fed up. And they don't want them to move. They're going to show up for a little bit to prove that they exist, but then they're gonna back off again and be like, we need major I, league baseball to step in at this point, get rid of this owner, get somebody in who actually cares about baseball. I've got an A's hat. I think their fucking logos it's, it's simple. I think they're I, awesome. The I think fucking the theme as a as a vibe is sweet. <laughs> I've got I've got the elephant logo. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. And Billy, Be- like Moneyball's is a great movie, which sucks because I fucking hate sabermetrics for one. Yeah, <laughs> I hate what it's done to the game, and it has done more to the Oakland Athletics than anybody else in the league. I think. Yeah, and it's for it sure sucks. it sucks to see. So yeah. just as I said, with the the Rays are averaging, on average, their games are seven to three Tampa Bay. The Oakland Athletics, on average, their games are 4-8 to eight, with them losing. This is really bad. Jesus. <laughs> with a run differential of minus 63, almost as big of a differential as the Rays have, just in the exact opposite
1: direction. Jesus.
0: <laughs> and as the Rays are 14-3, and three, the Oakland Athletics are 3-13 right now. We will see what happens with when they wrap up their 17th game. I'm expecting the exact opposite there as well. This is <laughs> the tale of two baseballs.
1: <laughs> with a bunch of XFL in the middle. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Both. But. What a wild sport baseball is. I also we'll wild hate the pitch for. clock get out of here with that bullshit anyway we, we can talk we can talk later there's more football that's going on and i know I've, like i said i've been trying to watch some of this this uh this memphis game here so i could talk a little bit more with my own personal thoughts as well here and that it not just because it's the first game because i care legitimately about the showboats here but the showboats would lose this game 23 to 27 against the Philadelphia Stars shifting gears completely to the USFL and uh, currently I'm watching it, it looks like we're about to get to halftime and it's 20 to 10 now, Philadelphia had the best red zone offense last year as it Mm -hmm. was and it's looked like so far they picked up right where they left off obviously they only scored 7 points in the second half and Memphis fucking turns it on because they score 13 in the second half it just was too little too late now some of the things my buddies brought up was that Brady White that interception was ugly and it fucking was he threw across the field and it wasn't even like he was remotely close to hitting the receiver that was over there he just thought oh this is an open area I'll throw it there this quarterback safety comes down picks it off gets a nice little return That should have been a scoring drive, and that's awesome. That's a block kick to end the half. 50-yard field goal attempt gets stuffed. That's beautiful. You love to see it. You know what's even uglier to me, though, is the fact that USFL allows Brady White to get in his hover round and hop onto the field somehow at 114 years old and try to lead this team. The only person – So – I'm going to ignore you. That feel that interception was ugly. The first touchdown looked great. And then it just kind of looked like he was still selling into the game, not quite settled into the game. Chad Kelly looked fucking horrendous out there too. Uh he did he made some dumb plays. Uh, and they ended up having to kick field goals how we're sitting at at 10 to 20 and it looks like Chad Kelly is going to finish out the half as well. Brady White would come back in and throw another touchdown later in the game and everybody I talked to has said he looked significantly better uh in the second half after after he it looked like he got banged up on one play earlier as well. Overall Memphis is kind of doing the same thing with the stadium that I've seen them do in the past. I don't remember the first XFL, what the the fan experience was like, but I know when the AAF was there, they put the party decks out behind the, the south end zone, I believe. Which makes sense. I mean, make it an experience. Make it something better than just sitting in the south end zone. What I don't like is they have a shit ton of tarps, which makes sense for... Games that the Houston Gamblers are the, are the home team, where they're not playing Memphis. Nobody, I, I, I'm not even gonna watch it. I don't want to turn it on and see how empty it is. But I imagine it's probably about like all the games were that didn't feature Birmingham last year. Makes okay. sense. Why are they on there taking up half of the seating for home games featuring the Showboats? That's just that's a bad look. I'll I'll add this too though before I move on and blast through these last three games. Football in Memphis has always been kind of a fickle thing. So it makes sense that maybe you want to do this, that's going to look good. And then you add to it that the USFL has said from the beginning that they are a made-for-TV football brand, not a attendance brand. I mean, look at the ticket policies they had last year and I believe have continued. You, if you're under like 15, you fucking get in for free. I know that's what it was last year in Birmingham. I'd have to look at it this year and see if it's the same. Ticket prices are super affordable, mostly general admission tickets. Again, this is all old information; could be different this year. But this league is all about access. This league is all about getting people to the game, getting people to see the game. I some of it grinds my gears. Some of it I'm not a huge fan of, but at the same time. Hey, to each their own. What I will say is, I really want you and me to go to a Memphis showboats game, and I will I be your 14 year old son.
1: I don't know if you'll pass, but we're worth a shot. It is definitely worth a shot. And <laughs> then they see you double fist <laughs>
0: into the sands later and arrest me.
1: <laughs> or just make you pay the $15 to get in. Yeah. <laughs> right. I
0: I might bought be that beer. <laughs> I'm holding Dad's beer for him. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this game took place in Birmingham. The Stallions won 27 to 10 over the New Jersey Generals, who, if I remember correctly, won the whole damn thing last year. Yes, uh, I, I think Birmingham was a little upset about that. What do you think?
1: <laughs> Just yeah, to I hair. think so.
0: I watched the first half of this game and it really wasn't that good. Like I, I turned it off. I got bored of it. Um, I think the second half was a lot more interesting. Apparently, based on the final score. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't see that. So, yeah, I, I will say it is an absolute cheat code for me personally, at least, that this league has Joel Clatt in the booth. He's one of my favorite announcers. So. I'll probably be watching some USFL once we get into it, just because of that. Yep. There you go. I'm a I'm a cladster. Next up, we have another game in Memphis, the Houston Gamblers losing twenty-nine to thirteen against the Michigan Panthers. Who were the worst team in the league last year. So yeah, they get a win yeah. like for the first time ever, potentially. <laughs> Good for that. the Panthers. It was it was it was <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Uh, and then back in Birmingham again, the home of the New Orleans Breakers, they won over the Pittsburgh Maulers, 22-15. to 15. Now, I got to say, too, there's no bug for this. I, I didn't I didn't watch enough to make one. But what I have seen, uh, there's only two teams that won't have this problem, and that's Pittsburgh because they completely changed their color scheme in Memphis because they were formerly the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, I noticed it on about half. Of the uh, Philadelphia jerseys, that where the inaugural USFL inaugural season patch was, you can clearly see some stitching and outlines and shit left there. Um, come on, guys, this is that's oh, a bad look. They're
1: reusing jerseys.
0: They're reusing jerseys from last that's year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's a bad look. Um, oh, and I I don't know that it was for every player. <laughs> like, obviously, some of them probably had damage that they had to replace for that, re- you know, if there was rips or whatever, but this is, come on, this is wow. supposed to be a pro football league. This is, this, that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> so we don't have a bug, but we do have a power ranking because why the fuck not? Uh, I will say, though, it is premature for this. I also recognize it is premature for this, so we can probably move through this one pretty quickly. Uh, cool. We don't know how good these teams are yet but number 10 is the Houston game <laughs> <laughs> that's all I gotta say about that <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta pick it up there Houston let's let's try something here let's let's maybe potentially play football. When we go out it, to play to you know a football stadium with football gear on and there's footballs around, try playing some football. What's going to be interesting and what I what I'm most curious about why they didn't just do this this season or this week is beyond me. But they are having two games on Saturday in Birmingham. Houston will in, first take on the New Orleans Breakers in the afternoon, and then. In the evening, primetime slot on Fox. Memphis will take on Birmingham in another battle of 0-1-1 versus 1-1-1. And team, you know, two teams that call Memphis home will be taking on two teams that call Birmingham home. Uh, speaking of which, the Gamblers-Breakers game will be shown on USA. So how I'm going to re-watch this if I don't catch it live is a question I have no idea how to answer yet. USA is
1: owned by NBC. It should be on the cock.
0: I that does not guarantee anything at all.
1: I'm just, just you, it doesn't, I'm, I'm, but
0: it, it's that's the place to look. If fingers look. crossed. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm I'm treating this like I would treat the Olympics. Now the idea is not quite the same, but the the logic flows the same. Of you can watch rewatch everything on the Peacock.
0: On the cock. On the fingers cock. crossed. Let me pull it up. And then speaking of on the cock on Sunday. At 1 p.m. Eastern, we will have the New Jersey Generals taking on the Pittsburgh Maulers at the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. And similarly, at 7 p.m. Eastern on FS1, the Michigan Panthers will take on the Philadelphia Stars Christian, on the Michigan Panthers versus the Filthy Delphia <laughs> Stars. God. <laughs> Fuck both of those places. <laughs> You got you got some pent up frustration you want to get out? I got Jesus. beef against geography, bro. That's that's where we're at. I guess. <laughs> what I mean, it's just it's all it's all in there. Yeah. All just pent up. Yep. But they're playing the canton, so that's cool. That is although cool. I will say, unless they've redone the field surface, the Hall of Fame field kind of sucks ass. And that's been a problem for the Hall of Fame game for the NFL for the past couple of years now, where the field is pretty shit. So, yeah, um, I I know it's been a, it's been a uh, frustration for teams over the past couple of years, too. So this is, it will certainly be interesting to see how the XFL, if the XFL, or not the XFL, if the USFL has demanded that they remedy that situation. I will say they are at least somewhat familiar with it. They did have their championship game there last year. Yeah. And they didn't have any complaints, but also they don't make enough to complain. So, (laughs) We're just happy to be here, guys. Right. Oh, man. Wow. What a great great podcast.
1: podcast. What a great show.
0: I the, The only thing that would make this show better is if Tug would read out
1: some links. God, guys, I hate you with this. I really do.
0: (laughs) It is so hilarious to me how much you despise this.
1: (laughs) Well, it's just because it's always me.
0: Yes. Correct. Yeah, It is always you.
1: You could spread the love a little bit. (laughs) No. I mean,
0: you could work on the show more. I don't know. It's... (laughs) Ooh. Do the front end I stuff. I don't know. <laughs> joking. I'm not actually calling you. All right, you ladies lines. and gentlemen. I'm
1: kidding. Uh, if you're watching this, uh we'll have the links scroll below. If you're listening, we will post them in the description below and I'll read them out to you as well. Uh Patreon.com slash BDT football, Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, twitter.com slash BDT football, Facebook.com slash BDT football, YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. Uh, BDTFootball.com, mailbox at BDTFootball.com, and again I'm not reading the Discord link out, it's all gibberish, it changes anyway but the uh, current one will be posted in the description below
0: Hell yeah, brother Hey, did you guys... Lack of enthusiasm, I must say (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I'm done, I'm done I'm sorry (laughs) Anyway Do you guys know that cows give out more milk when they listen to music? I actually have heard that. There are some farms that will, like, straight up play classical music for their animals. Like, they think it helps the pigs relax and stuff. I don't feel like this is the first time I had ever heard it either, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think it actually, supposedly, I don't know if it's true or not, I think it actually helps with the meat quality, according to the farms that do this. It's probably just a marketing ploy to
1: sell new meat at higher prices. Probably. I'm really disappointed because for some reason I thought today was the dad joke day and I was really excited to see where that punchline was going. And Especially it was after sad. I
0: hijacked
1: it. Yeah, and I was like, I, where's, where, I was so excited to see where that went and it went nowhere. And now I'm sad.
0: No, you got your dad joke at the beginning of the show. That's all you get.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: But, you guys... I, actually, speaking of Dad Joke Thursday, Thursday is going to be another very exciting episode of the show where we wrap up BDT Mock 3.0, because uh, we're only halfway done with it. Actually, less than that. We're a third of the way done with it. We have a whole another two rounds to go through. Trades are still on the table. Uh, things could still get totally wild. So... And it's somehow going to go faster than the first round, just like the NFL draft. I do believe (laughs) that will be true, yes. (laughs) That's certainly the goal. (laughs) So so tune in Thursday if you want more draft coverage. But if you want more Spring League coverage, that'll be here next week at this time. And can't wait. The XFL field will be set. I know. That's going to be crazy. Like, I truly have no legitimate prediction of what that's going to look like. I can't guess right now. I'm excited for a good week of football, though. I will say that.
1: Ben, you got anything else? Nope. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the